Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matthew, and I am starting the episode off with a gold star question this week because this shit made me crack the fuck up, and I realized there are so many avenues that you can take with it. I had someone on my team ask us this right before I left work the other day, and when I got her answer to it after she asked the question, I fucking lost my shit. I need to word it just right, so thank God that's in my notes that are right in front of me. But also, I still give it a 30% chance I'm going to fuck it up. Gold star question for the week, you guys. What is something that a grown man could do where there's nothing inherently wrong with it, okay? It isn't like illegal or unethical, immoral, any kind of shitty, but something completely innocent that a grown adult man could do where you would have no choice but to judge him. And this might seem like me pandering to the women's out there, but I think that other men's perspectives on this would be just as interesting. The young lady who asked this question had an A-plus answer to get the party started, so I have to pass it along to you guys. And her answer was, if a grown man, as an adult, started taking karate lessons. Not like he's been doing it for years, because that would be one thing if he started when he was a kid. Useless fact about me that you guys don't need to know or care about, I totally had a huge martial arts phase when I was a kid. I did tournaments and everything for a hot second. But like, starting out white belt as an adult, and you know that that would become his like entire fucking identity. It was totally my entire fucking thing when I was a kid. Sort of like those dudes who walk around in public with some sort of reptile on their shoulder like that's fucking okay you know what i'm talking about right they they usually go like hand in hand with a unbuttoned hawaiian shirt after she gave me her answer she started kind of showing her work and she did that like stock karate stance where she put her feet wide apart and bent her knees with her fists at her waist and i just about fucking died again There is nothing wrong with it. But she was pretty fucking adamant that she would have no choice but to judge harshly. Email me, atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com. Slide into my DMs on every social at Atomic Skull Podcast. And tell me what a grown man would do that would bring out the Judge Judy in you. And ladies, don't bother sending me answers like breathing. Because that was the first thing that one of the other employees that were working had said for her answer. Fellas, I want your answers too. You know there's things out there that you see in the wild where you're just thinking, what the fuck is he doing? And that's the shit that I'm looking for. One of your answers to that actually might be a grown man going to see the Barbie movie. which I fucking did last week, and you can bet your Mojo Dojo Casa House that I'm going to be making good on my threat to talk about it. First thing that I have to say straight off the fucking press about the movie, Jesus Christ with Margot Robbie's feet in the first 20 minutes of the flick. Clean up on aisle Tarantino. I had a friend who listened to the episode a couple weeks ago where I talked about Feet Finder, and she is now convinced after the whole thing, that I have a foot fetish. And now I'm totally fucked because there's no way I'm going to be able to convince anyone I don't have a foot fetish without saying something that would shame those who do. And I can tell you 100% for sure that I have listeners who are in defeat. So I'm fucked one way or another. The only thing 
that I can tell you guys is that I was more aroused by the business model of Feet Finder than by the potential content. Though I will say that researching it a little bit before bringing it up on the show definitely gave my Google algorithm something to think about. So I'll be climbing out of that hole for a while. Back to Barbie. I fucking loved it. And I know what you guys are thinking. Of course you fucking loved it. And I'll own that. But you guys, it was fun, funny, charming, clever, self-aware, loaded with heart. It wasn't perfect. It was a little messy. The story kind of took a backseat to the message, but I'm completely fucking good with that because the message was delivered like a fucking atomic bomb, which obviously we'll be getting into that in just a minute. But with Barbie, for the message alone, I think the movie is mandatory viewing for every woman everywhere. But also because of the message, I think it should also be mandatory viewing for men everywhere. Of all of the moments in the movie that really need to matter in our culture, and there's a lot of them, it's all about America Ferreira's speech. And if you've seen the movie, which I hope you have, it is a fucking showstopper of a monologue. I think it's going to go down as one of the great movie speeches of the last 20 years. I got emotional listening to the speech. It made me think about like you know, my mom and my grandmother and all the things that they've had to endure in their lives just because they're the proud owners of ovaries. My beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, who is never moved by movie monologues unless they're being spoken by Leonardo DiCaprio right before he's about to drown instead of being pulled up onto a piece of wood that definitely had enough room for him. At the end of that Barbie speech, I even heard her say, holy shit. I'm not much of a Matchbox 20 fan, but I was laughing my ass off at the use of their song in the movie. I thought that was fucking hysterical. I am so excited, you guys, speaking of songs, at the prospect of next year's Academy Awards having live performances of Peaches by Jack Black from Super Mario Brothers and a fully choreographed I'm Just Ken when both of those songs are nominated for Best Song at the Academy Awards. And if they're not, if both of them aren't nominated, we're fucking rioting. We're taking it to the streets. Let's talk about Ryan Gosling real quick before I move on to the other movie. I have a handful of good friends, most of them female, who want to jump on Ryan Gosling's face. For me, I've never loved him as much as everyone else seems to. He's a solid actor. He can also dance, sing, the whole schmear. Clearly a talented motherfucker. But I've always been a little bit less whelmed with his shit than everyone else around me. I've said it before on the show. I'll say it now, and I will say it again. Clearly, I am the problem. But I say this. Gosling stole the fucking movie with how good he was. He overdid it just enough to make me like him. And the dude looked fucking good, like a platinum blonde Batmobile. The dude was built. Don't get me wrong. I checked out Margot Robbie every chance I got, but I caught myself wanting to pick up a six-pack every time Gosling was shirtless in the movie, which was often like a Matthew McConaughey amount of shirtless in the movie. Greta Gerwig, who co-wrote and directed the movie, is doing some Chronicles of Narnia movies for Netflix as her next project. And I don't know about that one. I'm not the biggest Narnia fan. But after how good she did with Barbie, I think I'm going to be watching. And then Oppenheimer. I mean, I don't even know where to start. It is Chris Nolan's fucking career-defining movie. I like The Dark Knight more, 
but this is the one that is going to be attached to his name forever. I saw it in the whole ass IMAX 70 millimeter situation and it was fucking beautiful. The theater was sold out at 10.30 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. I had to ask for the specific day off from the dildo store to see it. I have to wonder how many people called in sick to work that were in the movie theater. My favorite thing before the movie is how everyone there was complaining that it's three hours long. Bitch, I am having to cash out my 401k these days to get a ticket to see a movie in IMAX. I am glad it's three hours long. At least I know I'll be getting my money's worth time-wise. Secondberg, nobody's making you watch it. And thirdly, it isn't the fucking Goofy movie. If Chris Nolan made a flick about the invention of the atomic bomb and it was an hour and 40 minutes, I'd be fucking pissed for the actual thing itself. The entire fucking thing keeps you on the edge of your seat. It starts instantly and never lets up. Nolan is the vanguard of creating intensity in movies these days. Nobody else out there right now even gets close. I don't think anyone else has as good of a grasp on their style and what they want their audience to experience right now like Nolan does. He may be just a bit of a pompous ass, but he has the confidence and he knows what he wants. He reminds me of Kubrick in that way. The way Kubrick made movies, he never really gave a shit about how his audience would receive it because he knew his movies would go over. And he was right a lot of the time. I love directors who bring you up to their level instead of dumbing their project down to make sure that everyone in the audience gets it. The movie doesn't start at the beginning of the story and it leaves you confused right out of the gate but I've seen enough movies and TV shows to know which filmmakers to put my trust into. I'm not always supposed to have all the answers for the movie when it starts, and I don't mind putting myself in the director's hands. See, I can let go of my control issues a little bit. Take that, Mrs. What's-Her-Name. I actually do want to thank my beautiful wife for coming with me to see the flick. She doesn't often like movies that don't include a luxury ship hitting an iceberg but she only fell asleep during Oppenheimer once, and I think that's fucking huge, man. It was a beautiful thing. I'm gonna do a little bit of an unexpected critique, particularly coming from me, but I feel like Nolan had too much of the score in it. The music was constantly going, and he also did that in Dunkirk, which I thought was phenomenal, but Oppenheimer had so much amazingly good dialogue that I feel like he could have stopped that a few times and it would have been fine. What he was doing was he was keeping the music going, obviously, to keep you having anxiety for the whole fucking thing. And when the music did stop, those scenes with no music were extra powerful. So I totally get what he was doing. For the actual movie itself, cast was stacked. I'm not usually a big fan of Killian Murphy, but holy shit, I am now. Downey was in it, and he was great. I love Matt Damon in most things he's in. Florence Pugh and Emily Blunt were both fantastic. And fucking Gary Oldman, completely unrecognizable as Harry Truman. I was shocked to see a complete lack of Michael Caine in a Nolan film, so that was a little weird. There were 27 visual effects artists who worked on the film. 27, you guys, I've had orgies that are bigger than that. By contrast, the last Transformers movie that came out like a month ago and nobody gave a shit about had a team of over a thousand visual effects artists. Oppenheimer is completely worth seeing in the movie theater. It's definitely the larger than life movie of the summer, and I'm thinking you're gonna hear a lot more about it during awards season early next year.
Best of the week, for sure, is going to go to both Barbie and Oppenheimer for getting everyone excited about cinema again and giving all those sweaty, smug, pretentious movie nerds hope. No one has been talking about which of the two movies is better. No one cares about which movie made more money. The conversations have been around how great they both are and how they're both mandatory viewing. That's what movies, particularly summer movies, are all about. Get your ass in that theater and let someone with a vision tell you a story that'll blow you away. And grab some fucking popcorn on the way in, boys. For worst of the week, real quick, is Paul Rubin's passing away this last week after a private battle with cancer, which is a total fucking pisser. Obviously, he was most known for being Pee Wee Herman, which is fucking iconic. If you want to see a masterclass in comedy with no talking whatsoever, look up Pee Wee Herman balloon trick on YouTube. It's one of those that hits you in the most basic stripped down funny bone that you didn't even know you had anymore. It's a reminder that comedy doesn't always need to be complex to make you laugh until it hurts. Paul's talent wasn't just limited to the Pee Wee character either. He had brilliantly funny guest roles in 30 Rock, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's the movie, by the way, not the show, which is far superior. Mystery Men, which was a bad, good 90s superhero parody movie. He was hysterical and awesome. And I'm so glad that he had a little bit of a comeback before he passed. And then, of course, have to give an extra special shout out to Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which is a cult classic that never goes out of style. For Song of the Week... This is going to sound crazy, but this is the first episode in a while where I don't really have a song on deck that I feel like I have to include for one reason or another. So I think what I'm going to do is give you guys a song that's just a favorite song of mine, but it isn't one of those super old iconic shits that's a favorite. This one is a song that resonates with me personally pretty hard, and it's a song I recommend often to people who are looking for something new or something good. And this is one that I put on when no one's around. The lyrics are good, the melody's great, you can sing along to it. This week's song of the week is Save Rock and Roll by Fall Out Boy. I am unapologetically a Fall Out Boy fan, and Save Rock and Roll is a slow burn of a song that you do not see coming from them at all. Check it out on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of their best overall tunes, and it's criminally underrated. I think you guys will like it. And that's it for your tapas this week. You guys, I feel like doing a shorter episode is perfectly fitting to get you all revved up for episode 50 next week, which I'm super fucking excited about. I am putting in a pre-order now for everyone listening. If I can get all of you guys to please share next week's episode, episode 50, which I'll mention again on every single one of the socials that I can guilt you into doing for me because it is going to be super fun. It's going to be really good and it is going to be wild. Count on that. Seriously, I am so fucking excited, and I'm not going to lie to you, a little fucking terrified. And if that doesn't get you guys antsy for next week's episode, I don't know what will. Endless love and gratitude to everyone catching my voice out there. It means everything to me, and please let me know what you thought of Barbie and Oppenheimer. I absolutely love to talk about movies every chance I get. Also, be sure to answer the gold star question because those answers are almost certainly going to turn into a thing. I can't wait. I hope everyone is staying safe. I hope everyone is staying awesome. Next week, (laughs) we're going to have ourselves a good time. Apologies to my mother-in-law and how are you doing? 